Revelation 15, verse 1. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels who had seven plagues, which are the last, because in them the wrath of God is finished. And I saw, as it were, the sea of mixed with <clears throat> sea of glass mixed with fire, and those who had come off victorious from the beast and from his image and from the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, holding harps of God. And they sang the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord God, the Almighty. Righteous and true are your ways, thou King of the nations. Who will, who will, who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For you alone art holy, for all nations will come and worship before you. For thy righteous acts have been revealed. And we'll stop there for now. Back to verse 1, where this scene in heaven introduces us now to the final judgments that are going to be coming upon the earth. And if we look at the other big, the major judgments we had, like the seven seals were opened in heaven and sent out from there. So again, uh, Revelation 4 through 6, and then 8, all the way through 8, really, you have that the seven seals being opened, and then, of course, there's uh, things that are intermittently stuck in there, uh, but again, that scene started in heaven. And then the uh, the seven trumpets. Let's look at Revelation 8. Where the uh, <clears throat> And this is the seventh seal. And we broke the seventh seal. There was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. And I saw the angel who, who stood before, stand before, I saw the, the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood, stood on the altar holding the golden censer and much incense was given to him that he might add it to the prayers of the saints. Okay, and we'll just drop down um, verse 6. And the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound them. Okay, the point is I want to make here is the fact that, again, the scene starts, or the, this, the seven trumpets starts with a scene in heaven. And then so does this one now, the one that's introduced here, back to chapter 15. Um, here again we have another sign in heaven, and the seven angels gave them the breath. This is going to be the final one, and once again, the scene in heaven introduces us to the seven bowl judgments that are about to come. And there's going to be seven, delivered by seven angels. All right. And I think the point here is making an, another, is making an obvious point that is stated, is that these judgments are coming right out of heaven, straight from God. Okay. They're not... Uh, concoctions of mankind it's it's not man running around on earth doing bad things however we'll see in a lot of these judgments that god uses mankind to judge mankind that's not new either but i remember assyria babylon egypt <laughs> okay um he also will be using as we've already seen we'll see it again he uses the demonic world as well even satan himself are used of God when desired by God to do so, and use them to judge as well. Now, where it says there in verse, again, we're back in 15.1, uh, another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, that great and marvelous linked together, expresses the enormous importance of this sign. 
namely the fact, I think, that the seven angels have seven plagues. And that word plague literally means blows struck um, it, it, uh, or hits, beatings, floggings. We see that in Acts 16.23. Remember when um, uh, Paul and Silas were imprisoned in uh, Philippi? They were beaten, flogged. That's the same word that's translated plagues. Also, let's look at Exodus 11.1. 1. Exodus 11.1. 1. Eleven one says, and the Lord said to Moses, one more plague, and the, uh, if you're familiar with what the Septuagint is, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, that same Greek word plague in the, uh, that we just read in Revelation is the same word the translators used for this word. Uh, one more plague I will bring on Pharaoh and on Egypt, and that last one we of course know was the angel of death. Right, that came through, and uh, <clears throat> get one more plague, or you can put it this way: one more hit, one more blow, you know, from God. One, you know, it, you pick your favorite term, but it's just it's it's not a small little slap. It's a it's a powerful shot, you know, that they're taking here. Um, again, these are the they're called the last because in them it says because in them the wrath of God is finished. We talked about that before, where the, uh, <clears throat> or again, all these things are stated, the the whole last judgment, right, and it, it's culminated, something that won't, some think it's culminated with the second coming and the binding of Satan, and that's, and then the plagues are over. Some extend it further, all the way to the great white throne which the thousand-year period would be like an intermission in that. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. And it really doesn't, you know, make a difference to us anyhow. We will see it unfold. And it, I brought it out there because in case you do some reading on it, you're gonna, you'll read stuff here and stuff there. So rather than just jumping on one, which I don't jump on stuff like this anyway, um, it, it, it things that really don't matter, and this is just a point of information, just to let you know that it, the information's out there, okay? And there, there are those two views, and like I say, neither one have any effect on us or the people that are going to be involved in this. Uh, again, it's just again, it's a ticky tack manner. Then you say, well, why in the world is your brain? Well, because I just did. <laughs> I studied. I found it. Here I am. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, FYI, right? <laughs> okay, now through verses 2 through 4, we have here, again, almost a little break in the action. You know, we're talking judgment. All of a sudden, we get this song of the redeemed pops up. People start praising God. May sound strange, but actually it's not. Let's, let's look at that again. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mixed with fire. And those who had come off victorious or have be, were victorious from the beast and from his image and from the number of his name standing on the sea of glass holding harps of God. And here's one of those things that you read it real fast. You'll, you'll, your, your mind will say harps of gold. 
That's actually, you slow down and read, it's harps of God. <laughs> you know, I just, I first, wait a minute, that's a capital G. And look at, oh, that's harps of God. Okay? And the, uh, anyway, the sea of glass. Let's compare this term with Revelation 4. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. I think the best, best explanation is let Scripture define it for us. And I think it's worth uh, reading all of it because it sets a good context where it says we're going to be coming back to a lot of these points. Here is another scene in heaven. And after these things I looked and, and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me said, can you imagine this? Come up here, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> and I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was standing in heaven, and one sitting on the throne. And he who was sitting was like jasper stone and sardis in, in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in appearance. And around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and upon the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their heads. We've talked about that before, and most feel, and I agree with them, that these twenty-four elders represent the church that is up there and that would be a special little thing if we wanted to look at it but I, I believe that's what it is if, if we anyone's really interested we can do a special deal on that verse 5 and from the throne proceeded flashes of lightning sounds and peals of thunder and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God and before the throne there was as it were a sea of glass like crystal and in the center and around the throne four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. And we will see these uh, fellows again. And the first creature was like a lion, the second creature like a calf, the third creature had a face like that of a man, and the fourth creature was that like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, full of eyes around and within, and, <clears throat> and day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God the Almighty, who was and who is, and who is to come. And when the living creatures give glory to and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever. The twenty-four elders will fall down the twenty-four elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever, and will cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy art thou, O Lord, and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou didst create all things. And because of your will, they existed and were created. Wow. When you get the picture of this, 24 elders, if in fact they do represent the church, and I believe they do, you imagine we could be sitting there worshiping, and what the, what the sea of glass is? The throne of God. Okay, that's where the throne of God is. We will, with these angels, together with them, worshiping God. That's part of our future. And Norm's there now. So that's keep that thought. And um, anyway, Isaiah six, we've seen that before, but I think it's worth looking again. Um, Isaiah six one. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, 
lofty and exalted with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood about him, each having six wings. Oh, we we see that before? Six wings. With two they covered his face, and with two they covered his feet, and with two they flew. And one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of of his glory. And the fountains and the thresholds trembled in the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Oh, what a what a sight, huh? <laughs> you know, but hey, I find it interesting um, <clears throat> with, over the years, the folks that claimed they've been to heaven and back, I do not believe a single one of them. <laughs> because none of them come back with an accurate picture of what Scripture describes as heaven. And they also do not come back with the proper attitude of one who would come face to face with the living God. <laughs> I don't believe them. I mean, just write down charlatan, or they had a, they had a dream, or they had a something, but it, they were not in heaven. Trust me on that one. And I very rarely say trust me, but trust me on that one. <laughs> Don't fall for that deal. <laughs> and and he didn't even want to talk about it. Yep. Yeah. He when when he actually was. It seems he was up to. Well, I knew a man once, and but well, whether he's in the spirit or other spirit, I'm not sure. Yeah. He played it down. He played it down. Isaiah got a vision of the Lord. He saw his sinfulness, <laughs> you know, um, and you read on, John gets a vision, he falls on his face. I mean, this is the reaction of folks that actually get a vision of this. And uh, again, we'll get back to Revelation 15, but I just like to point that out because there's so much out there. Just don't fall for that nonsense. Okay. I mean, it's just everywhere. It's just everywhere. And, and if I might add, it's very, very heavy. I mean, it's, it's used a lot. Very prevalent. And the same thing with those that visited hell, the same thing. Yes. I mean, there's those that just say that, too. The lady that says she goes to heaven and hell regularly with Jesus. Yeah. Oh, really? And she'll teach you how to do it. And, and, and they have thousands of people in their church. They have a Christian church. They have thousands of people following us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know about the heaven part, but she might just be showing you how to go to hell. <laughs> I mean, just saying. <laughs> Okay, and on that wonderful note, now back in 15, Revelation 15, 2, where it says those who had been, oh, mixed with fire, where you see that, mixed with fire, well, remember, I believe the fire here is, speaks of the fiery judgments about to be poured out from that throne, from heaven, okay, and we're going to see what we mean by it, what I mean by that in a minute or two. Now, where it says those who had been victorious over the beast, that refers to the faithful who were persecuted by the beast but remained loyal to the very end. Remember what Jesus said? You know, those who endure to the end will be saved. We're going to meet some of those folks right now. And I I think it's worth looking at all of them. These are people that, um, quite frankly... We may we need to emulate because we may be in their straits one of these days. 
Yes, you may. <laughs> it's referring to the tribulation saints, yes. Right, right, right. And that's why they got very specific about yeah. that. Those that, you know, rejected the beast, rejected his number, rejected his yeah. nonsense, <laughs> you know, yeah, didn't, didn't fall for it, stayed. Because remember, the beast required to be worshipped. And uh, a, a true believer cannot do that. Okay. But let's look at Revelation 6, 9 to 11. Let's, let's meet some of these people. Okay. At least get a little glimpse of them. Revelation 6, 9 to 11 says, and, and when, he, when he broke the fifth seal, I saw, and, and this is early on. This is early on in the tribulation period. I mean, the, 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 that starts, the great tribulation is the second half, because that's when massive trouble gets even worse, all right? But it's never been, you know, the first half was not fun time, okay? It wasn't, you know, playtime at the park at all. And when he broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood? Isn't that an interesting prayer from the souls under the altar? We will see more about this as well. Avenging uh, our blood on those who dwell upon the earth. You know, it's going to be one of those things where <clears throat> it's going to be a definite divide between the saints and the ain'ts. And the ain'ts are going to be coming after the saints. And it won't just be the beast all by his lonesome. Anybody that would be a follower would also be wanting to persecute the, uh, the saints. And then verse 11, And there will be given to each one of them a white robe. Just kind of hang on to these terms, because we're going to be seeing these same terms as we read forward in our lesson and lessons to come. And so that they should rest for a little, they're given it and then told that they should rest for a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, even as they had been, should be completed also. Interesting. Does that remind you a little bit? Remember we read it in chapter 13, we're talking about the beast, and then this is the preservation of the saints, you know. You may be, if you're destined to be killed, you may be killed. Just rely on the perseverance of the, or rely on the providence of God. Okay, let's, we've done that. We'll, we'll come back to that one time again, I'm sure, but Revel, let's keep moving here for today. Revelation 7, 9 to 17. And this one was a real blessing to read this one. 7, 9 through 17. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes. And palm branches were in their hands, and they cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all, and, and all the angels were standing around the throne, and all the elders were... That's the church, by the way. Um, <clears throat> and the four living creatures, and they fell on their face before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessings and glory, wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying to me, Interesting. These are these are the, these are <clears throat> these who are clothed in white robes. Who are the, who are they? And from where have they come? And I said to him, 
My Lord, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne shall spread his tabernacle over them, and they they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. This is, this is a beautiful thing. Look at verse 17. For the lamb in the center of the throne shall be their shepherd and shall guide them to the springs of the water of life. And God shall wipe away tears from their eyes. Can you imagine? The shepherd, the savior, come a lot. These tribulation saints will suffer more than I think any group of believers in any time of human history. <clears throat> I mean, it's just it's the way it's described. It's and they will suffer greatly, but as Scripture indicates, they will be rewarded greatly as well. And as we move forward, twelve eleven. But being led by the shepherds, a beautiful thought, though. Beautiful sight. And they overcame, <clears throat> and, and they overcame him uh, because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even to death. That's, you know, again, a word about these martyred saints. And then chapter 14, we see him again, the 144,000 this time. And I looked, and behold, the Lamb was standing in Mount Zion, on Mount Zion, and with him one hundred and forty-four thousand, having his name, <clears throat> having his name and the name of his father written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the sound of many waters, like the sound of a loud thunder. The voice which I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps. And they sang a new song, and there the throne, and before the and. <clears throat> and before the four living creatures and the elders and the one could and no one could learn this the song except the one hundred and forty four thousand who had been purchased from the earth. These are the ones who had not been defiled with women, for they had kept themselves chaste. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These have been purchased from among the men as first fruits to God and to the Lamb. And no lie was was found in their mouths, they are blameless. Again, describing that little separate group of believers which we saw early on in the book of Revelation, specially called, special ministry. I believe these were like one of the very first evangelists to move out into the world, and of course they're going to get persecuted for that. And then moving to verse 12 of chapter 14, 12 and 13, we, <clears throat> we saw this in one of our most recent lessons, here is the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. I heard the voice of him from saying, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. And this is interesting because very, very rare do we ever hear a direct quote from the Holy Spirit himself speaking. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow with them. Their deeds, their works, follow with them. Their works will be rewarded. That's what it's telling us here. The Lord knows. The Lord obviously will remember. And I know, I just, 
I know that took some time, but I thought it was worth seeing these folks um, who, who aren't, who may not even be alive yet, but uh, they are going to go through much. Again, I, we, we won't look at these verses, but the harps of God, obviously instruments of praise. Revelation 5, 14, 2, there's the harps are often seen. Now, the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Now, the song of Moses, there was two or three options, but I think the option that's best suited is the song that Moses sang, if you will, or said to the troops after they were brought out of captivity, crossed the Red Sea, into the Promised Land, and because it's a, we won't go and read all of it, but if you do, uh, it's pretty lengthy, and it's praising God, singing about the glory of him, bringing them out of the land, taking out Pharaoh and his army, you know, parting the Red Sea, walking across, on, on, just recounting that. And you know, that is very common praise in the Old Testament. Read through the Psalms. What is God? God is praised for number one thing, one, his character, who he is, his attributes, if you will. Uh, I know being, being praised as being creator is very often. Remember, we saw that in here. God, the, one, the one, one God creator of the universe. We've seen that. That's in Revelation as well. That's common. And one of the big praises, too, from the perspective of Israel is the fact that they were brought out of the land of Egypt and brought into their own land. And uh, that is very common in many of the uh, praise, the Psalms, of, of the, in the book of Psalms. But one thing I want to do, rather than looking at that one page, I want to look at Exodus. I want to go back to Exodus, but I'm going to look at Exodus chapter 7. One through five. And keep in mind uh, the, the song of Moses that we aren't going to read this morning because of time. But again, we know the gist of it. But... Uh, Exodus 7, 1 through 5 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I make you as God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. Okay, based on what, what's going to come about, right? We, we know the story right, of, the, of the plagues. Uh, you shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall speak to Pharaoh, that he let the sons of Israel go out of his land. But... I will harden Pharaoh's heart that I may multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. When Pharaoh will not listen to you, and I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my hosts, my people, the sons of Israel, from the land of Egypt Egypt, by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from their midst. Okay, now let's move forward to chapter 12, verse 21. At the last plague, right, 12.21 says, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and take for yourself lambs according to your families and slay the Passover lamb, and you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it... And, and dip in the blood which is on the basin and, and, and apply some of the blood that is in the basin to the, lint, the lintel and to the doorposts and, and none of you shall go outside the door of this house until morning. And rather than go through there and then verse 23 says, For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the doorposts, the Lord will pass 
over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come in your house to smite you. And then we'll skip up to verse 29. Now when it came up at midnight, the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, firstborn of the cattle. And Pharaoh rose in the night, and his servants, and all of Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was no home where there was not someone dead. Okay. And then verse 33, And then the Egyptians urged the people to send them out of the land in haste, for they would all be dead. You know, get these people out of here. You know, the point is this. We know what spared the Israelites, don't we? I mean, the blood up and over the, surrounding the door, you know. I mean, what a picture. These people were saved by the blood of the Lamb. That is the picture here. And I wanted to bring that out because the song of Moses praising God for being for that physical salvation and, the, and then the song of the uh, Lamb, which we're going to look to now back in <clears throat> Revelation, they do link together. Both parties were delivered. Both parties were saved, if you will. And, <clears throat> and again, the Lamb had everything to do with both of them. It really did. The Song of the Lamb. Uh, look at Revelation five eight. Revelation five eight. <clears throat> and when he had taken the book of the of the <clears throat> the four living creatures and the twenty four elders fell down before the Lamb, having each one a harp of golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, "Worthy art thou to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and did purchase for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and you have made them to be a kingdom of priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. And I looked up, and behold, the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and, and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and every, cre- and, and every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessings and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying amen and the elders fell down and worshiped. We're going to be part of that, man. That is wild. We're gonna we're gonna be there for that. That is, that's intense. <laughs> when you think about it, that is something, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, we we won't have to be on Earth to know what's going on. We'll be up in the balcony seats, if you know what I mean. This is this is going to be great stuff. And not in the cheap seats. No, 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 no. Front row, front row, Joe. Might yeah, we can even put her. Theological term in there, the reserved seats. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, in Revelation, Jesus is referred to as the Lamb 28 times. That's more than any other title. But he's called the Lamb 28 times in the book of Revelation. 28 times. And Look at, again, that, that term lamb in seven sixteen and 17, <clears throat> where, he, where he's the shepherd, 
and shall guide them to the springs of the water of life, and God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. Does that make you, does that remind, it reminds me, I know when I read it to Barbara over the week, you know, that, that Psalm 23 came right into my head. You know? Anybody know it by heart? The Lord is my shepherd, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we need to turn there. Some of those young'uns back there know it, I bet, but they're just not saying. <laughs> with, with the young, fresh minds. <laughs> you know? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And then applying that to earth, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You just prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then we don't have time to turn there today, but you can compare that to John 10. That same shepherd of Psalm 23 is the good shepherd of John chapter 10. The exact same one. And the same shepherd we, we read about in, in Revelation that will guide those saints to, to peace. Okay. And I put a note, uh, the song recorded here in 15, 3, and 4 does not exactly match either the song of the Moses or the song of the Lamb, but it does express the themes of both of them. Okay, and that is the point. <clears throat> God's, and that is God's faithfulness and deliverance of his people and the judgment of his enemies. And the judgment of his enemies. You'll find a lot of that in the, uh, in the Psalms. They call them the imprecatory Psalms where they're praying for the, you know, God, get the bad guys, right? <laughs> they defile your name, get them. They hurt your people, get them. Um, in verses 5 through 8, the preparation now, we've, now we move from praising. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to read that psalm, that song though. Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God. I'm in 15, Revelation 15, 3. O Lord God Almighty, righteous and true are your ways, you king of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For thou alone art holy, for all the nations will come and worship before you, for thy righteous acts have been revealed. Okay? Now we shift back to where we started in verse 1, the judgments. And that's verses 5 through 8. After these things I looked, and the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels who had the seven plagues came out of the temple, clothed in linen, clean and bright, and girded about their breasts with golden girdles. And one of the four living creatures came to the seven angels, <clears throat> or gave to the seven angels seven bowls full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. You notice how it always says it? God who lives forever and ever. Okay? That, that, that's... Because again, he is being held up against the the false gods. As a matter of fact, in a very short time, we're going to be talking about the fall of Babylon, which represents all those false religious systems and even political systems that have 
linked together against God over the ages. They all come down in one fell swoop. They kind of represents the whole downing of them all. Okay. And verse 6, and the, uh, let me say, and verse 5, excuse me. Now, after these things, I looked, and again, that after these things introduces us now to a new thought here, new new thought. It's going to, it's like a transition. So after these things, I looked, and the temple of the tabernacle, the testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels, who had the seven plagues, came out of the temple, clothed in linen, clean and bright, and girded about their breasts with golden girdles. And the one of the four living creatures gave to me the seven golden, full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. So other than God himself, the temple up there was empty. Interesting. Now, <clears throat> the temple, the tabernacle, verse 5. Well, the temple, uh, we've, we've seen that. Uh, matter of fact, in Revelation eleven nineteen. 19, um, <clears throat> and the temple of God, which is in heaven, was opened, <clears throat> and the ark of his covenant appeared in his temple, and there were flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder and an earthquake and a great hailstorm. Quite a scene up there. Quite a scene up there. I read this and I go, you know, they make movies about it. I say, you're wondering, you know, where did the Ark of the Covenant went? Well, I think it might be in heaven. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Nazis didn't get it. <laughs> those, those dirty little critters. Okay. Up in heaven, yeah, that's, that's just showing the glory. That's just demonstrations of the glory and power of God. That, that's what that is. I mean, it's just, what a, what a sight to see. You know what I mean? That is going to be something. And, and, and that's just a little bit of it. And we haven't even talked about the new heaven and new earth that hadn't come yet in, in the flow of things. You know, so I mean, what is in store for us? It's amazing. It, it is amazing. We're just given a little fraction of it. I don't, I don't even think... Not even 1% of it. I mean, it is so much, I believe, that's awaiting us out there. And not to mention what we actually might be doing forever and ever and ever as we serve the Lord doing something. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's, again, Crazy. it will be interesting. It will be interesting. And so now... <clears throat> Okay, and they came out of the, the, it was opened, and again, they came out, and the, the, uh, they said they're clothed, the linen cloth, bright and clean, bright, girded with golden girdles, clothed in clean linen represents righteousness and purity, bright, we've seen this before, angels are often seen as being bright, reflecting the glory of God, and one place that we saw them like that, uh, Remember, at Christmas time when the angel appeared and the glory of God shone all around them? Well, that was the glory of God that shone all around him, the, the shepherds, and everywhere else in that neighborhood. In, in Luke 24, 4, the angels, this is at the, at the tomb, resurrection. The angels there, they were glowing bright. Okay, they were bright. We won't turn there, but that's what that, that Luke 24, 4 uh, reference is to. Now, the golden girdles actually belts. It's not like, you know... 
<clears throat> they, they needed them. Um, the golden girdles were symbolic, again, of God's righteous judgment they were about to pour out. Let's look at chapter 1, verse 13. Revelation 1, 13. And in the middle of the lampstands, which we're going to find out represents the seven churches, the letters of the seven churches that are about to be um, spoken and then written. Um, but um, in the middle of the lampstands, one like, a, a, it's interesting, one like a son of man. Revelation is consistent with that term because that term a as opposed to the. And the A, and, and, and again, I get my little note says, well, some translations say the. Well, those translations shouldn't have. <laughs> because the the is not in the, the Greek New Testament. And I believe the a uh, son of man is there for a reason because it directly ties to Daniel 7, which is one like a son of man came before the ancient of days. That's that, I think, that link that link, and I believe that's why it's said, and that's consistent in Revelation, okay? And um, <clears throat> anyway, that's my little hobby horse of the morning. So there we go. And um, anyway, the Son of Man clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet, and girded across his breast with a golden girdle. And it keeps going, where his head is like the hair of wolves, talks about his purity, his righteousness, and it goes on. And as you read through the context, again, it starts there, and you just read through Revelation all the way to where we are now. Okay, the again, I think the it's clear, it's talking about symbolic of the righteous judgments that were about to come, and these angels were going to be the ones that were pour, going to pour out the righteous judgments given to them to do so by God. And so I believe that's what that's talking about. Why the angels have that on there, just what like what Christ had on. Now, and then I put it there, which we didn't do, but you can read. Something told me when I put this in here that we didn't have time to do it. Revelation 1, 4 through 20 for the context of the statement. Okay, now, the seven angels received the seven bowls of wrath, verse 7. I'm in, we're in Revelation 15, 7. Yeah, we're moving quick here. We got to... <laughs> yeah, yeah, otherwise they'll be... <laughs> They're at the door. Okay. Now, now, one of the four living creatures, again, we've already read about them. These four, you know, these four are seen at the, at the throne worshiping God in Revelation 4, 5. Again, they also, these, these four also announce the first four judgments of the tribulation. We won't turn there either, but these, these four living creatures, they each now, remember the four horsemen of the apocalypse that they're called? That's Revelation, and those are the very first. That's right at the early days, and the very first horse loosed was the was the guy on the white horse with a bow with no arrows, the Antichrist. He's the first one turned loose on the earth. Okay, and so each one of these four creatures said to the horse, "Go or come and see." You know, and the horse took off, and uh, so that's what they are again. And then now we get to verse. And this is where they're there. And uh, I love it. The four living creatures gave to the seven angels golden, full of, uh, <clears throat> golden, golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. And again, verse 8 here emphasizes the full fury of the wrath <clears throat> of the of the holy and righteous God about to be poured upon the earth. 
And just as a place to close, Revelation 19, <clears throat> 1B to 2, which is the first of, a, there's a fourfold hallelujah being given here, but I'm just going to read the first one where it says, Hallelujah, salvation, and glory and power belong to our God because his judgments are true and righteous. And he has judged the great harlot who was, com- was corrupting the earth with her immorality, and he, was av- and he has avenged the blood of his bondservants on her. And on that note, <laughs> we'll close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, again, thank you, Lord, for your truth. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your salvation that you have bestowed on us. Again, Lord, may we be worthy servants of you on this earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.